You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Outdoor Edge in their complete lineup of knives and game processing kits. These guys right now are doing an absolutely huge giveaway where you could win an elk hunt and not just any elk hunt. We're talking about a seven or eight mile horseback ride into the backcountry. We're talking a one-on-one guided hunt. You're going to be sleeping in a wall tent and you're going to be doing that for five days with the founder and CEO of Outdoor Edge, David Block. Now, if you've never been on an elk hunt before, I'm telling you right now, go sign up for this because if you ever hear a elk bugle, whether it's at 400 yards or it's at 40 yards, it is a life-changing experience. So here's how you enter. Go to OutdoorEdge.com. There's going to be a big banner for it somewhere on their homepage. All you have to do is click on that. Go fill out some information. I think your name, your email address, maybe some other stuff. And that's all you have to do. That's how you are entered. They're going to be picking a winner oh, a ways from now. So you have plenty of time to enter. Go visit OutdoorEdge.com. Sign up today. And if you decide to purchase any products from the website, Enter the discount code NATION30. That's the word NATION with the number 30 after that. No spaces. NATION30. And you will receive 30% off your purchase. Welcome to the Land and Legacy Podcast. We're your hosts, Adam Keith. And Matt Dye. This is your number one resource for all things land. If you're interested in conservation, habitat management, hunting strategy, and rural real estate, this is the podcast for you. All right, so we're going to kick kick on this podcast off. I'm going to, you know, we're right in the middle of uh, Missouri rifle season, Missouri Here. firearm season. And uh, so there's a, orange armies out in the woods. We're watching the orange sun sink out here in the backyard tonight. Um, Matt. Yes. Did you hunt with us this past spring? I don't think you did because Chad and I, I think I only hunted the farm once this past spring with Chad. This past spring. No, I don't think I don't so, think we did. For the listeners, we haven't hunted the family farm, the Prairie Hog property, real hard in the spring the last couple of years due to low numbers. Um, and a couple farms two. we have permission on have tons of turkeys. So we tried to rest our own farm and uh, and go and hunt some other places uh, that are just almost infested with turkeys. But yesterday morning, opening morning, Missouri firearm season, and. Uh, it's it for the opening weekend of Missouri season, just pretty awful uh, weather-wise. Um, tonight wasn't bad, but this morning super windy. Yeah. Yesterday, lots of rain. I mean, and it was funny. Like I was sitting in my truck. I I parked at the property. So I was getting light here six o'clock normally, right? Yeah. But I was out. I was at the gate five thirty. Needed to change and walk in. Everything still. I'm sitting there and I like it's lightning and it's yeah. thundering. And and there's this this weird band moving across, and um, it was still like fifty percent chance whether it's going to rain or not. So I was like, I don't want to sit out the first day and then it not you know not actually rain there. So yeah. I'm sitting there in the truck, radar, kind of looking around. Nope, there's a little bit of kind of like lightning. It's not lightning bolts, but just like in the clouds in the sky and stuff. I'm like, well, I've got a blind set out perfect for this. If it rains, so what? No biggie. And 
walk in, but I'm walking in, and there's lightning. And I was like, this is weird. And yeah. then and then it was just super windy, super rainy, on and off. Like, it, it would stop for 20 minutes, and then it would pick back up and just downpour. But it did not get light. Did you hear much thunder? Yeah, heard some thunder. Um, it did not get light enough. I'll say this. For an ethical shot where I was at, 640 or so. Yeah. I heard a shot at 617. And I thought to myself, I hope they're okay. Like, because yeah. there's no way someone should be shooting right now. Well, that was that was uh, driving into the farm and shoot them in the headlights. <laughs> yeah, that pro- honestly, I wouldn't have been surprised. But I was like, he, they have to be in the field, something. But I'm looking at the clock, I'm like, 617, there's, there is no way. Yeah. I had a... Uh, uh, I'll skip to lunch where I had a couple buddies come over, a buddy and his dad, the traditional two that uh, that c- always come over for breakfast at the cabin. And they said uh, they were telling a story. How do you uh, how do you stay dry on on days like this out there? And, and they were talking about another guy that knows. Like, stay dry. The only thing that gets wet is the last two inches of the barrel, and that's what I stick just outside oh, the, the window. <laughs> I'm sure yesterday morning was that for a lot of people, I'm sure. Set in the truck. I'm sure. Set in the truck or drive the roads, and uh, which is illegal, by the way. But right. the reason I and, – and so uh, because of all the rain, yeah. Chad calls me and we're talking before, before uh, you know, season opens up in the morning. And he goes, well, what are you thinking? And I said, I'm thinking we're all three going to pile in the redneck. Yeah, um, you know this time of year is I would I would like to be real close to cover, but with it being rainy, with it being windy, with it being just terrible conditions, and you know the bottom field has got standing soybeans and it's got decent cover on both sides, and it's had a lot of deer. We're just gonna all sit in the redneck, three of us, and uh, he's like, sounds good to me, and we sat in there, open, which is oh, you, Chad, and your dad. Yeah, all three of you. Yeah. Which I got to tell this story uh, on my dad, um, and don't let me forget the other part of that. So I've got a story on you. We're like <laughs> going in, and I'm you know it's warm, so yeah, I've got it was pretty warm. Not the furnace, but the real light fuse yeah. base layers. Yep. Uh, I've got those on top and bottom, and then I'm wearing the. Uh, I was wearing the other base layer that we have that's black mm-hmm. uh, for inside the blind. And then I wore my sawtooth jacket. Yeah. And then the uh, corrugate pants. Gotcha. So that's yeah. all I had on. And uh, Chad's. Which, which the rednecks are, I mean, you know, you don't have to dress for outside temp. Like it's going to yeah. be a little bit warmer, certainly inside. But with the wind howling and the vertical windows, I thought, yeah, it might get kind yeah. of chilly. And yeah. I got a little cool because I was sitting right in front of the vertical window with that south wind pouring yeah, in and hitting yeah. me. <clears throat> I got cool, but not too bad. Um, my dad, who has been dealing with some blood pressure stuff in the last two months, he uh, he wore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I already, I know what I know what he has, so I'm like. All those items. <laughs> he, he wore um, the uh, furnace top and and another base layer bottom. Yeah. So and then he wore a, uh, I think it's the Klamath hoodie. Mm-hmm. And then he wore the uh, one I have on right now. Yeah. And yeah. then he wore corrugate pants. And then he wore the sanctuary kit. I mean, I looked at him the and I just about. Kit. Stu- the sanctuary kit, bibs and coat. Yeah. And he sat there, 
and uh, and then he had 400 gram boots on, and he's just sitting there. And I said, "Dad, you cold? No. You hot? No. I'm comfortable." <laughs> and I'm just like, "Oh my! I'm I'm sweating over here just thinking about what all you're wearing." Yeah. But we had all the windows. You know, we had a horizontal, a vertical, another horizontal, and another vertical open. And so we were pretty much just sitting there with the wind kind of coming in and boom, 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 goblin. I don't know how many birds we heard goblin. Far beyond any spring morning in the last two years that we've heard. I mean, there was turkeys all down the ridge, goblin, Mm. over the hill on other ridges, goblin. It'd be like boom, 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then... Uh, I heard quail the other Oh, not quail. Just oh, okay. cardinals oh, and all okay, kinds okay, of birds okay, okay. singing. Gotcha. And then you look out there and you can see those green, because uh, we broadcast it under those soybeans. Mm-hmm. And it's just greens and grain and turkeys gobbling, birds singing. And I looked at Chad and I said... I feel like a spring morning, It feels more like <laughs> April than it does November <laughs> right now. And we've had cold, uh, cool April mornings, that's for sure, to hunt in the last couple of years. But that's, well, like, we've been getting, we're not going to talk about turkeys this whole time, but it's still fun and still cool to talk about. But one, of, a couple of the, the cameras um, have gotten just loads of turkeys in the past couple of days, big flocks. And it's like, well, gosh, I mean, you know, turkeys travel. We, we understand that. But, like, the how, how, um, the network of cameras that is out, it's like that's not the same flock that's there. And there's a flock there, there, working that back ridge on that plot. And it's like how many flocks are there? It's kind of difficult to keep up. But late winter, we'll find out because I imagine gonna be in the bottom. they're going to be in the bottom yeah. and they're going to f- get into those winter flocks. And I, I'm, I'm expecting the winter flocks that we, we were used to seeing, like the 90-plus birds down in that big bottom – but it's like you start adding up all these turkeys, like wowzers. There's yeah. <laughs> there's some serious birds. And it was another cool thing about turkeys. I texted you guys, tried to get a, yeah. a, a, a picture, but it's a crappy picture. But I was driving. You took it with a Polaroid, right? <laughs> yeah. And then you took a cell phone picture of the Polaroid. Of the Polaroid, yeah. While driving, it uh, looked all like. All while driving, yes. <laughs> Two hands on the wheel the whole time, too. Yeah. So I was driving back after hunting, and. Um, Came over a ridge and there and 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 down, you know down on the bottom coming back up. I thought I saw turkeys in the road, a, a two lane hardtop road. I was like, I, I believe that was turkeys up there, and came up out of the bottom crest. And sure enough, there's probably 15, 20 bird flock, and there was two smoke phase hens in the plot. I got a picture, half decent. Not a deep, not half, not even half decent. But you could see a white speck through the timber um, of one of the birds. But uh, it was cool. I, I I had seen that one time. I can't remember where I was at, but um, there's two in one flock. Pretty cool. Don't, That's don't awesome. hardly ever see that. Yeah, you know, back in the two, early 2000s, I can remember being in high school, and it seemed like we saw smoke phase uh, or color phase turkeys a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't seen many, but then at the same time, numbers are way down. Yeah. And survival rates of Ch- those of color of turkeys isn't as high as normal. And, and and them being recessive. So when when you've got less birds, the frequency obviously then decreases <laughs> yes. too. And so, but it was it was very good. And, you know, they gobbled 
till the heavy rain hit yeah. and they got yeah. down and were out in the in the field but shoot we had turkeys gobble they actually got out into the in the field did they, did they pitch down into no, the field? They, okay. They, no. Okay. They uh, they came down because the ones that were like, okay, those turkeys might actually pitch down, they actually flew, flew down and went to a food plot we call Paradise Point. Yeah, yeah. And then other ones that we heard on down gobbling, they just flew down and worked their way down and uh, gotcha. down the side slope came out in the field. But as they were coming towards the end of the field where we were at, every once in a while they'd gobble. And it was just like, I, I love that chain reaction. Getting closer and closer. It's just like, you know, this really feels like a spring morning. And, and yeah, uh, yeah. we saw some deer. We didn't see anything we were targeting. But um, it's just uh, – it was it's fun, the tradition of setting in a – setting. Uh, uh, this year in particular, I've gotten more fond of gun season because time has been limited. That I'm like, oh, now if I see one to 200 yards, I can fill my tag. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, or even further. And uh, – so we were set up there, and uh, we saw some deer, saw a lot of turkeys, enjoyed the time, had had our traditional breakfast at deer camp. How was and, that? Oh, good. It's always good. It, it was good. We uh, And then, uh, man, uh, one of my buddies, uh, Cody, that has hunted with us forever, um, and, and honestly, it's like the only, because of life, uh, it's like the... I may not see him at all until you know, until that, yeah, you, gun you season. Can count on gun season. I'm going to see him. Him and yeah. his dad. Yeah, right. and uh, he wanted to see kind of up through the the farm that we've been working on. So we took him up through there in the truck, even in the rain, and and showed him. He's just like blown away at what's what's happened, what's it's changed. changed. Yeah, yeah, and we haven't really even got started on a lot of it either. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah, remember this? Oh yeah, it still looks the same. Yeah, this is all going to change soon. And uh, so that was fun. Um, it, you know, it's cool to share a, share a vision with someone who has previous experience with oh, yeah. their property or an area, and then and then has it for a long time because one, their mind just goes back through all those memories that they had. Yeah. But then once they can see like some of the some of the changes that have already taken place, and be like, okay, imagine that here, or imagine this feature here, then their eyes are just like wide, and they're trying to comprehend like all that would happen and then again go back to reflect to those memories of like holy crap like it's good yeah but it's it's not it's not great and, what, it, and what this was, is a road to what greatness. was fun with him was he goes is this the road we used to walk in on and it's just like oh man we used to throw 20 pound climbers on our back all the clothes bows Ugh, yeah and hike from the, the bottom from up. the bottom all the way up and he's like, have you guys done that? And I'm like, I can tell you one thing. We will never do that again. <laughs> never. That was that was probably because I, I have some of those same uh, experiences on some public ground stuff. But it's like I was so just gung-ho and I don't want to say dumb, but just I was going to do anything to kill a deer and, and, yeah. for, and for a new experience. And like – my brother and I had climbers, and um, I remember going back, you know, pu- public land in Virginia and walking miles in just to hang and hunt one evening and then take this climbers, put them back, you know. You know how, oh, like, they, they sandwich together? Man. And then, you know, you you got the cinch straps or whatever, and you throw it on your back, and you're walking yeah. out, and you're like, well, man, what did you see? Nothing? Yeah, me neither. It's like, my, why the, why my, the 
my back hurts <laughs> just thinking about those days. Yeah. Yeah. Climb down, turn the flashlight on, go through the system of stacking do everything this, together. Do I have that, all this together. And then walk back two days later to forget to grab the thing that mm-hmm. you dropped and didn't see it laying there. Yeah. And uh, just just awful. Uh, fun times. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, it was fun, but. <laughs> I and, just don't do you know, much. that's one thing, too, to me. Like, I love hunting public ground. Um, there are certain things that it's just like, oh, man, it's just nice to have my stands up, private ground, and be like, I enjoy the habitat standpoint more than even hunting oh, yeah. now. And so rep- replicating nature, managing habitat, and doing that stuff is, to me, and then getting to hunt it and see how deer are reacting to your work. That's that's what takes the, that's the, the cake joy. for me. That's yeah. the that's the, um, the reason for, for doing it. And then let's say the, the drive of that passion. But, you know, gun season always brings back just tons of tons of memories one from childhood because that's where a lot of people just got started yeah um, got started for me for sure and it's just very relatable to um you know family memories all all of those things you guys have the tradition of um you know the breakfast stuff which is which is awesome and i think a lot of people just share that hunting camp together yeah um well in the, in the last podcast uh, or the other podcast for this week, Ryan Kirby and his and his buddies kind of are getting a little bit of a um, an annual trip to Illinois that they're all hunting together and stuff like that. And it's like, man, there's there's so many fantastic memories that are just revolving around the sport of hunting and families getting together and doing fun, cool stuff outside. Like, gosh, we need so much more of that in in life in general. It's like if gun season. You know, everyone. What is a third of deer in Missouri get killed on opening day of gun season? Yeah, I'm sure it's not going to be nearly as high this well, year with some weather because it didn't just affect us. It was a lot of Missouri that was kind of impacted with the with the rains. But yeah, you know what? Hopefully, they're still out there just in camp, enjoying time and yep. and, and fellowship with each other. Yep. And uh, you know, <laughs> there was a time where I think Chad counted 120 gunshots by 7:30 one morning, opening right. day of gun season, and we heard two yesterday. Yeah. Um. I I I know, I heard like eight where I was at, and then I didn't hunt the the uh, afternoon. Seth hunted the afternoon, and he didn't. I don't think he counted, but he said. They were blazing. <laughs> yeah. So so the the rain basically cleared out mm-hmm. um, for for the afternoon. But um, yeah, I, I suspect deer definitely started moving. But you know, it, there's so many. Uh, how do you how do you frame this? Um, thoughts revolving around gun season and the good, the bad, the ugly of it. it you know, there's so many varying opinions, I guess. But yeah. it's like you know, I just look at this. There's so much opportunity with it too. Like th- these yeah. are opportunities for people who who don't have the time or haven't honed the skill set to be able to harvest deer with a bow yet. Um, like that, that takes some time. But yeah. it's also one of our one of our clients that harvested deer this week here in Southern Missouri. Um, they've got um, a brother that comes in and. He hunts maybe five times a year. Yeah. And he was able to harvest deer. But, like, the people who who are like that, that only have a set amount of time, man, this is perfect for them. Like, Oh, yeah, totally. I, I think a lot of people just, like, wish away gun season, but it's like, that would that would be detrimental 
Like Yeah, and and that's where my opinion has slightly I wouldn't say changed, but I'm more open-minded because you can want I mean Go to any forum in Missouri, and you'll see where a bow hunter is griping about gun season being right in the middle of peak breeding. Yeah. When deer are moving the most, but I think if you were to take gun season and throw it back the calendar to early let's December, say, let's say Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. Let, December, right around days. Thanksgiving, people are traveling with family. It's colder. Yep. I just don't think the turnout would be there. And you have to wonder what kind of erosion that would cause to support of hunting over the years of, you know, if if there's not as many people going, there's less appreciation for it, there's less involvement for it, then ultimately there's less funding for it, there's the chance of legislation to it, change it. It's it. a complete trickle-down effect <clears throat> of, of all of that. <clears throat> um, and it's simply, you know, just by changing some dates, but, like, you know, it, it makes an impact. Um, yeah. You know, and and I'm at the, the the point where it's like, well, you know what, habitat makes the biggest change uh, of yeah. anything. Period. So you know, I can I can deal with that. That that'll be fine. I just need to make sure I'm managing for the you know the knowns of deer season. That is one of them in the state of Missouri. But I can helpfully you know insulate some of that by having. A property managed and set up appropriately um, for that. So you know, it's like I, I'd rather not, you know, try and move it or or, or wish it away. Let's say, but for sure. What what's some uh, one thing you know that has been just so blatant to me over the last week is monitoring trail cameras and monitoring deer movement. Um, you you've got the same thing going on on the 160. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're monitoring trail cameras in in almost real time, you know, and historically, you set a trail camera out, and then two weeks later, a week later, you go and you pull the you pull, pull the, the SD card. card, and then you look at it, or you you go and pull 10 SD cards on your cameras, and you go through all of them, and you're basically going from from day to day. So this camera, you pull the card, and you're going, let's just say, November 1. Then you go November 2, November 3, November 4, all the way to November 10. And then you grab the next card, and you start back at November 1, and you go to November 10. It's hard to correlate days of movement, uh, of peak movement. So, you know, if you look through all those cards differently, you have to really be on top of the game to know, oh, November 2nd was really good. Mm-hmm. November 6th was really good. But November 4th and 5th, eh, thumbs down. That Those days were not very good. But when you monitor trail cameras like we've been doing with the cuttybacks this year, is and, and we run all kinds. We don't have any yeah. kind of uh, contract, so we, we're running cuttybacks. We're running erratics. We're yeah. running uh, some exodus. We've got a uh, some brownings, or not brownings, bushnells. Bush um, a, a stealth cam. Yep. Uh, so we've got an assortment, but the cuttybacks are the only ones that are cellular. And so when we get emails, you can kind of monitor. Okay, how many emails do I get per day? Because the more emails I get, I know that there's more movement. And we talked about this a lot recently, but here in the last week, it's become blatantly obvious of peak breeding or lockdown phase. Um, if you backtrack based on um, harvest data. Late season, we know that our farm is typically around the November 
11th through the 14th for peak breeding. Season came in the 14th. Um, and about the 13th is when big deer started vanishing. Mm-hmm. Um, the hitless buck started to go, Woo, we, I, we haven't seen him in a few days. Yeah. And you would get, you know, one of the, one buck that's older age class show up and you might get one picture of him and it's like in some cover or late at night and you can just tell that he's moving trying to find the next receptive doe. And, you know, we went through, I think I talked about it just last week, that you saw pictures of does oh, yeah. where they were flashing by. A lot and, of that. Or but like loaded up and getting ready to leave. Spring and And moving. now we're getting pictures of blurs. Yep. And then the second picture is another blur. And it's like they're hardcore chasing but really locked down too. Yep. Um, right. So when they do, when they're not in thick cover and they're not bedded up, they're out of there. They're, they're moving pretty good. And that's what I saw yesterday. I saw one decent three-and-a-half-year-old. He was moving quick. Like, I don't even think I got footage of him as he was 150 yards away moving through the timber, and he was just kind of nose down just going. Like, he, he, was, he wasn't on a specific trail, but he was just, like, moving, covering ground, right? And then later in the morning saw a, a buck I'd seen multiple times cruising earlier in the week um and he was grunting up yeah. on the same exact hillside and but the, i never saw the doe i assumed there was one up there because there were several grunts a series there and they i mean he i, I saw a flash and i was like okay yep the, okay i know that deer not a shooter cool and he was gone like yeah. that that's what it was and then later yesterday morning almost noon got a picture of a, a buck I I've, I guess I'd seen two weeks ago, um, but hadn't seen in a while. He went and moved through, and I, he did not work a scrape. Yeah. But he simply checked and moved on, and, yeah. and continued like, and that was noon. It was eleven thirty ish. But like, it it is definitely that time. It's like if they're not locked down because overall picture numbers has decreased even on good days significantly so like they're uh, most of the cameras are, are set up over you know scrapes or scrapes with food plots in the background or a very good travel corridor or a scrape in a travel corridor y- yes yeah and so that scraping activity definitely has decreased they still might use that corridor but they're blazing through it and then the number of the pictures have des- definitely decreased like this morning i guess we got uh they're on on uh uh Prairie Hollow, there was a picture of a, a nice 10-pointer work. He he actually worked the scrape, but, like, there's been several pictures right there through there that it's just deer. It's just butts, or they're just walking down the road, and they're not checking it or whatever. Like yep. It's just a travel corridor with a, with a scrape. Yep. But you, you definitely have this mixture of a lot of different activity and then some just midday stuff where it's like, well, he didn't have a doe. He's going to go find one. Like, yep. you know, that is definitely this time. And guess what? It's this time every single year. Every year. And what the other big, so what we've established with running the trail cameras is over the last week, movement has dropped. Mature deer, hitless buck has dropped. I would say consistency of that. Yeah, definitely has dropped. But there's still cameras that are very active. Mm -hmm. And those cameras... There is no, like, 
randomness to it are every single camera that's active where it's just like we consistently get pictures is I, I think a three or four cameras that come up close to bedding. Every single one of them is close to thick cover except for one that's close to a large destination field that has got uh, northern red oak acorns yeah. everywhere in front. And that's where, you know, th- that camera hasn't had anything real big lately, but it's got doe fawns or button bucks right. that are there. So those little fawns that are still coming down, and they're by themselves right now because mama's gotten chased off. Um, they're coming down and trying to find the easiest food source they can, and that northern red oak is just littered the ground in front of that camera and so mm-hmm. it's been turkeys and fawns there um and the occasional nighttime picture of a of a buck but for the most part if if we're looking at cameras right now and going which one's the most active it's close to bedding and almost every single camera or every single camera that i can think of has a scrape in frame and so um the the bucks that do pass through there if they check the scrape or work the scrape we still get pictures of them so right um, you know, using that to our advantage on, on a hunting strategy, if, if wind is appropriate and conditions are appropriate, um, uh, our, uh, probably our best case scenario is travel corridors in close proximity to thick cover. Yes. Overlooking thick cover. And obviously I, I want to be somewhere where I can look out and see a long ways if, I, if I've got a rifle, not every rifle season's in. Yeah. I get that. But if I'm if I do have a rifle season, I think I think Kentucky may have opened. I know Missouri did. Um, I know Virginia did. I know there's there's several states. But um, you know I, I want to be able to see a long way so I can one observe what deer are doing. But obviously, in in that distance, I've got lots of different trails that are probably intersecting, um, and you never know. Like there's a there's a lot of um, a lot of activity that's not happening, obviously, on designated trails right now, too. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of a crapshoot of, of where deer might come out or pop out and where they're chasing and running. Yeah. Um, you, you know this stand, uh, and I'm probably going to hunt it tomorrow evening, but um, the uh, the pine plantation on the 160. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You see a long ways. It's thick cover. Yep. And, and there's a great bottleneck, but it's it's overlooking thick cover. Um, with the west-southwest wind, it ought to be really good. You, but you never know, though, too, because, you know, who, who knows what happened there that morning. And, yeah. you know, there might not be does bedded down in that. Um, or if they're locked down, they may not just get up and, and just move through. But I can see a long ways and um, survey a big area and hopefully see something worth shooting. But that's the kind of stuff you want to see. Yeah. And want to be looking over this time of year. Yeah, for sure. Well, we're going to wrap it up short today. Um, go check out the other podcast, Miss Ryan Kirby. And, uh, man, we're going to be at it this week. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's going to be hopefully good weather, even though it doesn't appear. <laughs> it's going to be great weather, but we're still praying that it'll be better weather. Yeah. Um, yeah. And good hopefully activity. everybody else is getting a chance to get out in the woods this time of the year, uh, especially this week being one of the better weeks of the year for all you guys that are uh, right in the middle of the rut. And, uh, man, if you kill something, let us know. Shoot us, tag us on Instagram or Facebook. And uh, for all you guys wearing the hats who bought hats, we we appreciate it. They're in the store, shoplandandlegacy.com. We've got the First Light Fusion with a whitetail patch. 
Um, we've sold a pile of them. And, uh, man, we just uh, we appreciate you guys buying them. And if you kill something wearing it, certainly tag us, and we'd, doubt, doubt. we'd love to share it. So, And be sure to check out the YouTube um, page. There's some, several videos that will be coming here soon of some harvests. Yeah, Trace Harker is yep. going to hit. Your doe kill is going to hit. Yep. And then also on Instagram, we added, like, a new story, permanent story of client success through 2020 so far and we're adding daily to it uh, but it's fun to scroll through we got representatives from across the country um, youth hunters all the way up to giants um, so it's fun to scroll through and kind of see what's happening out there give a little bit of details of each of each harvest in there so be sure to check all that out guys and um, good luck be safe <laughs>